Hello, and welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast for Edgewood Church in Danville, Illinois. This week at Edgewood. Hey, Pastor Matt here, and I'm ready for another online sermon. And uh, I've been thinking about what to talk about this week, and I will say that uh I've gone back and forth. Um, you can ask my wife if you see her. Uh, really gone back and forth about what exactly I ought to be talking about in a time like this. Um, sidebar: I've been watching a lot of end of the world movies. Anybody else been doing that? All these end of the world movies. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, the especially the disease ones, contagion, outbreak. Side note. Um, I have been watching them through VidAngel, so I'm that cuts out all the bad stuff. But um, I've been watching those apocalyptic type movies, the end of the world movies, and I don't think I'm alone because I notice on Netflix in the top ten, there's some old movies that are the end of the world sort of movies that have shown up as uh, in the top ten. So I don't think I'm alone in watching that sort of thing. Uh, for many of you, I know that life has gone on like normal. In fact, I'm not going to give any names, but there was somebody that uh, Charity and I talked to the other day that did not realize everything that was going on. She doesn't watch the news. Oh, I probably said too much. She doesn't watch the news, and uh, she knew there's something going on with the schools, but she did not realize what was happening. So, um, But I know for the rest of you, this has been crazy, and I think that... Um, you got to admit, this is completely out of the normal. Um, nothing like this. We haven't had anything like this um, in my lifetime. Um, I think uh, even people older than me, nothing like this. I, I know as a student of history, I can go back to 1918 and the uh, influenza uh, would have been considered a, a pandemic as well. 50 million people died worldwide in that influenza outbreak of 1918, uh, 675,000 just in America. So it's not totally something that our world has not seen. But I do think that there are some things that are unique about this particular situation. Uh, We just have a world that is very connected now more than I think ever. But that's not what I want to talk about. Um, I do want to talk about what do we do when these end of the world type ideas, end of times type ideas do come up. And if they haven't come up for you, that's great. But I think for most of us, it's crossing our minds. Um, so I want to go to second Peter chapter three. That's what I have right here. Second Peter chapter three. And I'm going to have these for you on the screen so you can read along with me. I'm actually going to read through, um, starting with verse 1 all the way down to verse uh, 14 to the end is going to be where I'm going to focus, but I'm going to read the whole chapter. Uh, Before we start, since this is a sermonette, I think we should pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to ask now that what we have today from your word is exactly what we would need. Lord, I know that I've toiled over this and... Uh, been frustrated uh, at not knowing, Lord, exactly what to share and what um, people need to hear. But I do pray that you would 
bless this little bit of time that we have, and I pray that it would be what at least some need to hear today. I pray this now in Christ's name. Amen. Let's start with verse 1. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you. This is Peter um, speaking. Uh, Beloved, in both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. Okay, that's going to be a word you're going to hear later. That you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days. Scoffers will. So scoffers are going to come in the last days. With, what do scoffers bring? Scoffing, right? Um, Little hint here, following their own sinful desires. So he's reminding them of something. He wants them to remember something. And he speaks of the predictions of the Holy Prophets, the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. And so things that they have read that Jesus has shared. He wants them to remember these things. They will say, these scoffers, um, they will say, quote, right? Where is the promise of his coming? For, for ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Things are just going the way they, they always were. We're, we're not dealing with uh, anything. I mean, where's the, where is it at? Jesus coming back. It's ridiculous. It's not going to happen. That's what some of these scoffers will be saying. But Peter says this, but do not overlook. And I know I've skipped down a couple verses here because I'm trying to get to the end. Uh, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Now, my mathematical mind wanted to create an equation out this. So um, one day uh, is equal to one thousand uh, thousand years for the Lord. So I wanted to create an equation and then by that, just start interpreting all those prophecies. Like, okay, if I just translate a day over to a thousand, no, that's, that's not what the point is. Uh, this is not a mathematical transition that we're going to do here to figure out when Jesus is coming back. That's not the point. The point here is that the way the Lord measures time is not the same as the way we measure time. And so we ought not to overlook this one fact that God does not measure time the way we do. And so, uh, next verse here, verse 9. So we can say the Lord is not slow. He's not slow. Feels like it, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like it sometimes? Um, Like, shouldn't he have been back by now? The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. Okay, the way some count slowness. But he, he's counting things differently, right? Um, it's been 2,000 years, just like a couple of days to God, right? But, ooh, this is good, but is patient toward you. So we get a clue as to why it's taking as long as it is. It's patience. Not wishing or wanting that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. He's giving us time to repent. Okay? Time. There's time. More time given. 
to do the right thing, to turn towards Jesus, to trust in him. There's more time given. I know some of you have heard these verses before, but I, I think it's important to rehash them. Okay. Now, verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come. The day of the Lord will come. Absolutely. It is going to happen. It's going to come like a thief, right? And then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up. Stars, right? Stars, the sun, moon, uh, will be burned up and, and dissolved. And, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed, or, or um, the Greek word for this could mean actually be found, um, like found out, like realized, and the works... Like what's really going on behind the scenes, I think, is one of the ways we can think about this. Like who's really doing what, who's good, who's right, who's wrong. Um, those sorts of things will be exposed. Verse 11, since all these things are thus to be dissolved. I think that's just such an interesting word. Uh, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be? And this is the question I want to focus on. Let's switch. Can I go yellow? Let's do yellow. What sort of people ought you to be? I'm going to pause there. I mean, the sentence goes on, but let's focus on that question. What sort of people ought you to be? Since everything is really going to end. Now, whether or not this is the end, I don't think it is. It could be. It could be setting things up for the end. I don't know. But it's made me think about the end. And since all these things are thus to be dissolved, so I'm reminded that all this looking out the window. All this is thus to be dissolved. Um, so where I'm going here, when we think about end times, and so if there are things that stir us up to think about the end, what sort of people ought we to be? That ought to be our question, not... How do we do to prepare physically, but our preparation should go in this direction? What sort of people ought you to be? And now it gives us a hint here in lives of holiness set apart for God, right? Set apart for God's purposes and godliness. So what sort of people ought we to be now? Um, we got the rest here, verse 12, uh, waiting for and hasten the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved. There's it dissolved again. <coughs> and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. Now, um, let me go ahead to the next verse here. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and new earth in which, uh, in which righteousness dwells. And so we're waiting for these things. But everything's going to be dissolved. Um, now, I'm to the portion that I wanted to get to, verses 14 to the end, um, where I'm asking this question, what sort of waiting, hastening, I, I like this idea here, waiting, hastening uh, person ought we to be um, uh, in lives of holiness and guidelines? We are God's sort of people set apart for his purpose. What sort of people ought we to be? So I can put it this way. If this situation has made you think about end times, apocalyptic, apocalyptic events sort of stuff, Armageddon, the last days, into the world, uh, or if you've been stirred towards these thoughts, or maybe, like Peter in this situation, maybe you're just not long for this world. Um, 
if you go back to uh, chapter one, Peter actually mentions that he says, I'm writing these things because I, and he says, I'm, I'm not going to be along in this particular body. And so Peter's also thinking about his own end as he's doing these things. Maybe it's just like that. What sort of people ought we to be or what ought we to do? Verse 14 to the end are going to give us, okay? So verse 14 to the end um, are going to give us number one. They're going to give us uh, two things to be diligent about. Two things to be diligent diligent about. After those two things, it's going to give us um, one way to change our thinking. Okay, so two things to be diligent about, one way to change our thinking. Um, from that, there's going to be one implication of how to spend our time. And uh, finally, um, there's going to be a direction. And when I say direction, I'm talking like a North Star Beacon sort of direction. Like, what, what, where do we head? Okay. Now, I'm going to pause the recording of this video to um, just because it makes it easier. I don't have a tech team helping me. makes it easier to upload this if I don't have it all in one big chunk. And so I'm going to pause this video before I get into the second half of this. And uh, I would ask that... Um, you know, as you pause and you get ready to jump into the second part of this sermon, that you begin asking yourself, what sort of people ought you to be? I'll be right back. All right, we're ready for the second half of this. Uh, like I said a moment ago, two things to be diligent about. One way to change your thinking, change our thinking. One implication on how to spend our time. Also a warning in there. And a direction or a beacon, like the North Star, like which way do we head, okay? So let's take a look at verse uh, 14. Therefore, beloved, since you're waiting for these, uh, this is right where we're at, we're waiting. What's going on? Since you're waiting for these, be diligent, okay? So here's the things we need to work towards, be diligent, um, work at, sweat at, uh, to be diligent, to be number one, Found by him without spot or blemish, and two, at peace. Be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish, and be at peace. Okay? So this first one here, found without spot or blemish. <coughs> Apologize. Um, uh, found by him to be uh, without spot or blemish. Spot blemish um, spot has to do with uh, not a, a single bit of uh, dirt speck nothing defiling um, something that's wholly set apart for God's purposes something in the 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 temple um, or the lamb without spot or blemish these ideas here blemish can also mean without blame um, and so just to be honest with you um, let these end of the world thoughts cause you number one, clean it up. 
be real blunt here. Um, you guys out there that are struggling with pornography, time to clean it up. Let these end times thoughts go, man, I need to stop. Um, those of you that have been struggling with uh, unrighteous, sinful anger, time to clean it up. Um, those that are um, spending time watching filth, thinking about filth, um, it's time to clean it up. We ought to be. Now, I know a lot of people go, the, the only real way to be without spot or blemish is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely. But so often in scriptures, we are called to live what we are. So we are without spot and blemish by the gospel and what Jesus has accomplished. But we are called to be found that way in this particular passage, to be discovered to be that way um, without spot or blemish. So let these thoughts of the end is near cause you to go, you know what? I need to clean it up. You're, you're going to stand before God. And the time is going to happen abruptly when it does. You are not going to see it coming. But when God allows things in this life to stir you towards those thoughts, then let yourself think, hmm, it is going to happen. Secondly, there, be at peace. Thayer's Bible Dictionary of Greek Words has this, and I don't think I have a slide for this. Let's see how I do. No, I don't. I just have verse 15. Thayer's uh, Bible Dictionary of Greek Words has this to say. It says, peace is the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. That's what peace, tranquility. Um, these are those that when you come to this point, you want to be found by God, not um, distraught. And I think there is a connection between these two. People who are living in their sin ought to be not at peace. And so they, they, these things flow together. But this is what we ought to be diligent, right? So when we are thinking about waiting for the coming of Jesus, work be number one, found by him without spot or blemish, and number two, at peace, at peace. Um, let this be an opportunity for you to settle yourself into the goodness and reliability of God, settle yourself into his sovereign grace. I think as well, um, being at peace could imply being at peace with others, and so those that you have wronged, going to them and saying, I apologize, or um, well, in the world we live in right now, not necessarily going to them, but maybe uh, sending them a, a Facebook message or calling them on the phone um, to be at peace with all those in this world and to be at peace with your creator. Next, okay, so number one, number two, be at peace. Forgot that, write that one down. Clean it up, be at peace. This is what we're to work towards. Uh, verse 15, I said the second thing was uh, a way to think, and that's what this word count, count can be uh, translated consider. I think it's even, let me just double check, um, consider, regard, um, some versions say regard. It's, it's to think about, to view something a certain way, to purposely view something. Consider the patience of our Lord, and this is referring back to the patience of our Lord, referring Back to what he's talking about earlier, that it, when it seems like it's taking a long time, we are to view this as salvation. So 
regard, think about the fact that God has waited as salvation. So, right, the first and second thing, things you need to work towards, second thing here is a way to think. And so we ought to look at this long period of time from when Jesus was first here to his return, this patience of our, as well, first of all, as patience of our Lord, to consider that patience of our Lord as salvation, redeeming. Um, considering that he hasn't come back yet, it's an opportunity for deliverance, deliverance for some, true saving grace. I genuinely believe that's what this is all about. This folds over, though, into an implication. Okay, and so that's why I had the dot, dot, dot here. This is just the first part of verse 15. The rest of verse 15 and verse 16 say this. Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, um, as he does in all his letters when he speaks uh, in them of these matters. So there's places where Paul um, writes, and that's all those uh, Pauline epistles that we have. Um, he does this in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters, these end time sort of matters, and these matters of salvation, these matters of uh, uh, the patience of our Lord. Now, Peter, I love this. He says, there there's some things in them that are hard to understand. Okay, Peter, I get it. Um, Peter, Peter the fisherman, Paul the, the scholarly Pharisee in his writing, and Peter goes, there's some things that are hard to understand. But, and you have to agree, there's some things in the scriptures that when you read them, I, I think are tough to understand. There's there's things, in fact, I, I spent the last couple of days rereading through um, in time sort of texts like Revelation. And there are things in there that are tough to understand. Um, there's things that Paul writes about that are tough to understand. And here's the implication. So, so as we consider the things of the Lord, that implies we are to be reading the scriptures. Okay, so a way to gear your mind to consider the patience of the Lord. That's what it said. Uh, to consider, to count, to regard the patience of the Lord as salvation. Peter goes right to um, reading scriptures. Okay, um, I think it's interesting here. This this passage is so interesting on on other issues. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist their own destruction as they do other scriptures. You can't see that right there, but other scriptures. So uh, Peter is referring to the writings of Paul as scripture, which is just a completely fascinating element to this. That's on a side note, but for you. Um, the implication here, how do we think about the things of the Lord or the, how do we think about the patience of the Lord as salvation? I think it's captured right here in reading scripture. There's a, a warning in that implication. Okay. There's a warning in the implication. So we think about something that implies we ought to be reading scripture. Uh, but the warning there bound up in this is, that there are some who are ignorant. This means without without knowledge, right? That's what this ignorant means. It doesn't mean stupid. It just means without knowledge. Okay, so there's there's holes in knowledge. So I think we all have some of those. So people who are without knowledge and unstable, one of the things that they do with the scriptures is they twist it to their own destruction. It, it just completely... And I think you'll see in the next verse what, what he's talking about. Um, so the, there's a caution, even in reading the scripture, that we don't twist it to our own destruction. 
you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, so since we know beforehand, and you do, because this was written almost 2,000 years ago, um, Peter wrote this, he says, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people, um, guideless, um, guardrail-less people. Uh, and lose your own stability. So their instability and lack of knowledge um, can lead us to lose our stability. This, by the way, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but this, by the way, is why I could say to you right now, don't get your theology from Facebook Or YouTube. I say that with caution. I'm on Facebook now. Okay. Um, I've uploaded things to YouTube. Are there some good things out there? Absolutely. Um, be careful. Be careful because there's a lot of junk out there too. There's a lot of things out there that can just lead you to instability, not towards a blameless, spotless way um, that's at peace, but a <clears throat> way of instability. So be careful. But now, let's finish this out. Verse 18. Oh, let me go back here. So uh, two, um, let me see here. I got my notes here. Um, uh, two things to work at. Uh, first one, uh, spotless, blameless. Without blemish. Um, second thing, at peace. Okay. Next we had a, um, uh, way to think. And that had to do with the patience of our Lord. Uh, patience of the Lord, um, we look at the patience of the Lord being the waiting. Patience of the Lord as opportunity for salvation. This was an implication. The implication was, read your Bible. Right? Study it, learn from it, um, be careful not to be read, led astray by um, those who are unstable. Finally, there's going to be a direction. So, so to pull all these things together, there's a direction. And I, I keep referring to it as a beacon or a north star. And it's in this next verse here. Um, it says, but grow... In the grace, and so, and and this is why I use the idea of beacon because you, you think uh, beacon, this light, you're, you're headed. Things that are growing are, are are headed in a certain way. It's not just growing; it's like a plant grows toward the sun. Grow in uh, the grace. Okay, so two things here: grace and knowledge. And it uses a full title here 
of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Grow in the grace of Jesus uh, and the knowledge of Jesus. Um, so as you read and you study, um, I mean, I don't want to oversimplify. I mean, it could pop up some WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? Um, but honestly, there's an element of that that we ought to be asking on a daily basis. So when we're thinking about these end times things, this is going to sound so simplistic. But we ought to be asking in each and every situation with each new thing that we do, how would Jesus respond? What would Jesus do? Um, specifically, Peter says, in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. Um, read Matthew. Get to know Jesus. You can read his Sermon on the Mount. He preached. Um, shares what we call the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Right? Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed. There, there's, there's a blessing, blessing in a, a certain direction. You can learn a lot about Jesus by what he teaches. Read Mark and Luke to get to know Jesus. Watch him reach out to those who are normally ignored, whether it be because of sickness um, or it's because of uh, their their standing in society. Um, unlike the Pharisees who were always trying to prove a point with Jesus, Jesus loved people. And so we can be asking, how can we love people? Read John to get to know um, Jesus he talks to the woman at the well, the one with the sketchy past, uh, the Pharisee who would only talk to him under the cover of night, and how he does, though, talk to him, um, how he, though God, was a servant to everyone. Read Acts and get to know the people who were called Christians. Um, we learn in the city of Antioch, disciples are first called Christians, and which is almost a derogatory term. Uh, people were saying that's what they were called. They were called little Christs. Um, how they, in times of trouble and famine, would help each other. You can especially read about, actually there's more than one spot in Acts where you read about churches helping other churches that are going through tough times. Um, not considering anything they owned as their own. Um, read the the writings of Paul like Peter has suggested. Uh, I'm going to give you an example here. I don't know if I have it up here. I don't think that I do. Um, if you want to look at it, in fact, the nice thing is you could pause me right now. And get your Bible out, Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. <clears throat> uh, Paul the Apostle writes, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing, he says. Okay, so I'm going to put a little bit of this here. Verse 3 um, from Philippians chapter 2. Do nothing from selfish ambition. Um, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Okay, you can think about that for a minute. Um, so self isn't the number one. 
correct? Go to the store. Self is it number one. Go out in public. Self ought not to be number one. Um, not ought to be thinking of yourself as higher. In fact, he continues on here. But in humility... He says, count others more significant than yourselves. I don't see Jesus um, hoarding toilet paper or cans of food or noodles. Um, I see him only taking what he needs. I want to tell you, I, I, um, I think we have to ask ourselves, how can we be servants at this time in these situations? How can we be servants? Checking on the elderly, being careful not to get them sick, um, being cooperative and non-combative when we're at the store. Not thinking first of self-preservation, uh, but thinking first of what God may be teaching me, what God may be doing in this world. Every single time that end times topics come up with Jesus, he eventually turns it into a thought of whether or not it is the end. You definitely don't know when your end is coming. So be ready to meet your maker. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you for this day. I pray now, Lord, number one, for safety for the people of Edgewood, all those that um, watch this, but all those that uh, visit our church regularly. I pray for safety. I pray for their health. Um, Lord, I ask for um, the leaders of this country and the countries across this globe for wisdom. Lord, I pray that they would seek wisdom in the right places to know what we ought to do to, to be doing the right thing. I do pray, God, for those healthcare workers. Lord, especially I want to pray for the healthcare workers of our church. Lord, I pray for them all, but Lord, on my heart right now is those that are healthcare workers of, of Edgewood um, that we know. God, I ask for their safety. I ask for their preservation. I pray that you would keep them safe and healthy. Um, Lord, I do pray for our elderly as well that um, are part of our church. God, I pray for their safety as well. Um, keep them healthy, dear God. Um, I pray for those working at the grocery stores. Lord, I know that there's a lot of places closed, but I know our grocery store workers are still going out trying to stock those shelves for us. Lord, I pray for their safety as well and their, their health. Um, pray for relief, Lord, quickly. Pray that someone somewhere will figure out uh, a cure, um, that we might have some relief from this. And Lord, I just pray that now as we think about whatever's going to happen next, Lord, that our minds will turn us to simply being ready. I pray these things now in Christ's name. Amen.